0: Um, now we're going to just uh, turn very quickly to um, the next topic which is Clive Palmer's United Australia party and Nick you've been doing a bit of research on this haven't you
1: yeah Um, I I have Fran and in a way um, one thing about Clive Palmer is whatever you think of him it's very hard to escape him so here's my trivia question to you which now is Australia's biggest political party in terms of membership.
0: Well, I know this already, because <laughs> I've said it, but according to, the, according to Palmer, it's his party.
1: That's right. Full-page ad, one of many. This is just today's Herald. United Australia Party, Australia's biggest political party, over 70,000 members and growing daily. Then there's a lovely picture of Craig Kelly, federal member yeah. for Hughes, who's leader of this party former member of the Liberal Party, and under his mugshot it says, I hereby certify the party has over seventy thousand members on the twenty second of October. Well today, yes, he's still saying that, over seventy thousand. Then in big letters, this is very important to that campaign, there's a word that certain or politicians freedom. freedom. Yes. yes. Then it says we can never trust Liberals, Labour or Greens again, and then it says join this party. One thing it doesn't say no mention of policies anywhere. Not at all.
0: Yes, yes, and I was reading the um, the article in the Saturday Paper um, on this on Palmer's UAP now UAP party, and it, uh, apparently there aren't no there are not seem to be policies. <laughs> well, I
1: th- I think before we go into Palmer's history and background, mm. which I think we can learn from his previous mm. form, there's a, a as you mentioned the Saturday Paper last Saturday, Mike Second. Um, one of the good things about the Saturday paper, they do long-form journalism. So he's done a big piece, starts on the front page. I'd just like to read a quote from it uh, and credit Mike Seckham. So as with a lot of these things, it begins in America with Trump. And uh, Trump, uh, through, through Trump, Palmer found out about hydroxychloroquine. And then he approached Kelly and offered him money. To help spread the word of this drug, which they thought was a cure, soon after Kelly left the Liberal Party, eight months later, they lead what they claim to be the largest political party by membership numbers in Australia. Then it said earlier this week we passed sixty-five thousand. So they're claiming that another five thousand this week. <laughs> this is what Kelly told the Saturday Paper. Still quoting Kelly, we believe this makes us the largest party. The Labour and Liberal parties don't publish any numbers, but in any articles here and there, they talk about 50,000. He and Palmer expect many more supporters come the election, quoting, we've ordered 160,000 T-shirts and hats for Election Day because that's how many people we believe will have, 1,000 people on the ground in each electorate. Mm -hmm. So they reckon in Macquarie they'll have 1,000 people on the ground. The attire will be in Palmer's trademark yellow and black, that lurid yellow he likes, although what is printed on them is yet to be determined. Likely it will be a Trump like derivative slogan that appears on the party's website, making Australia great. Part of the party's rapid growth, Kelly acknowledges, is the ease of joining. There is no membership fee, and new members simply fill in an online form. Still, this satisfies the Australian Electoral Commission's definition. It remains unclear exactly what the democratic role of all those members will play, other than handing out how to vote cards on election day. In other parties, grassroots members have a say in candidate selection. The UAP, in contrast, has taken the unorthodox approach of running ads in the media seeking nominations. In most parties, leaders are determined by a vote of the elected representatives. But Kelly was simply appointed. By whom and by what process, the August the 23rd media release didn't specify. Also, questionable is what role members might take in policy formulation. As I mentioned, that had no mention of policy. The constitution of the UAP makes reference to a policy making structure, but at the 2019 federal election, the party's few, mostly vague promises, appeared to have been dictated by Palmer alone. The rank and file, even candidates, were silent and invisible. So that, that's all quoting from uh, Mike Seckham's article. There's, there's a fair bit more in, in it, which, which we might return to. What I should have mentioned at the beginning, Fran, you'll know there's been a lot of speculation about when will the federal election be. Mm. Now, you'll know from our union sources, uh, and others have said this, for a long time, people were preparing for a November election. Yes. That seems highly unlikely now. Now, I had a union source earlier this week, quite well connected, and he said, well, now there's a rumour of a December the 11th. Uh, I mean, you see, I don't blame the unions and and other parties, opposition parties and independents preparing, because the nature of SloMo is he is governed almost totally by polling and focus groups. Yes. This comes out clearly in the biography. I've just read a, uh, The oh, Accidental yeah. Prime Minister. And if, you know, he's Scotty from marketing, so, so it fits. So I suspect that he's thought at various times of different dates, depending on how he's going in the polls. Yes. At well, the moment, you'd have to say, given the whole Glasgow Farrago, um, I don't think he's travelling that well. They're trying to stitch up something with the Nationals, and that's been quite entertaining. But the other thing I should say... Spears, or Spearsy as they like to call him, in insiders said on the radio today, when asked when will the election be, he's now saying March.
0: Right. That would that would make so much more sense yeah. in a way, yeah. Because he's, yeah. There's nothing really going on. However, f- for ScoMo now. Um, however, he's. You know, we call him Scotty from marketing, but that's been shortened now to Scotty from announcements. So <laughs> you know, <we> can <coughs> perhaps me. when when some announcement has traction, he might call it, the next day, you know, within yeah. a week
1: or whatever. I mean, one thing is, whenever it is, Palmer's been campaigning for months. As far as he's concerned, he's been campaigning for the extra for, for, for months and months. I mean, we reported on Rights, Rorts and Rants months ago. Just This is just in our electorate. You open the Gazette one day and then in the Aldi flyer, inside the Aldi flyer, there's a Clive Palmer flyer Which it says you've got to open this secret, this sort of document, and inside was a lot of verbiage um, attacking the idea of of vaccination and claiming that at that time over 200 people had died after vaccination. Now you've got to look at the words very carefully because that was probably true: 200 people out of millions vaccinated had died, but it implied they died because of the vaccination.
0: Yeah. Look honestly, I think this is a furphy. I think the anti-vax, you know, the so-called freedoms, uh, you know, freedom, give Australia back its, fr- give Australians back their freedoms, um, is a reference to Trump and a reference to you know the anti-vax movement. But I think that's a furphy because, as this article in the Saturday Paper points out, the main value of the Palmer Party is for preferences, to go to Liberal. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, so really it's a kind of a... People shouldn't be um, shouldn't be taken in too much by the anti-vax thing. That's not... I don't think that's really... Not too much, but they're,
1: they're partly using it. I mean, using Cra- Craig Kelly's yeah. uh, one thing you have to say is he, he, he is following up his own beliefs because he's not been vaccinated himself. But you're right, and I think if you look at... I mean, there are similarities... Between Palmer and Trump, but one thing you know, Palmer is never going to be prime minister. Trump actually made it to be president, so you have to ask, well, so what's he up to this time? Well, you go back to previous ones, and you say it comes down to preferences. So that same article, there's a key bit in here. It quotes um, Palmer previously talking to the ABC, uh, talking about how they targeted Bill Shorten in the last federal election, and um, he says that we got 3.5% of the vote, and 90% of that went preferences have flowed to the Liberal Party, and they won by about 2%. Mm. So our votes got them across the line. So even though in these ads today he's attacking the Liberal Party, yes, who knows how it'll end up, if if one could suspect. I mean, those incidentally, just going back to, back to Clive Palmer's background and who he is, there are similar with Trump. He, mm. he he's a very rich man. I think at the moment they say there's the seventh richest in Australia. And among the things he owns, this is very Trumpesque. He he owns the the Palmer Colonial Golf Course at Rabina and the Palmer Gold Coast Gol, Palmer Gold Coast Golf Course also at Robina. Uh, he owned. Gold Coast United FC from 2008 to 2012. And, of course, he's he's best known for his mining interests and mineralogy, Waratah Coal, and Queensland Nickel. Um, Now, you go back, and, uh, you know, it'd be a mistake. It's a bit like with Trump to think of these people as, as buffoons because they can cause a lot of damage, and I think they can be, you know, really dangerous. But they can also be quite effective, so... Although he won no seats in the last election, um, we remember when he did, and he got a number of people into the Senate. And I was, you know when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you think, I used to get thinking about these things, I was trying to think, who were those people? And then, of course, eventually it came to me. Well, one was Jackie Lambie. Um, One was an ex-rugby league player, Glenn, Glenn Lazarus, known as the Brick With Eyes. And another, I think, was Ricky Muir, uh, now, the interesting thing was, and this happens with Palmer time and time again, they, they all ended up falling out with him and going off on their own. Mm. But the interesting thing, in a way, was Jackie Lambie from Take yes. Her, um, this stuff she says that makes me squirm, but this other stuff she's quite effective yes. on. And yes. I've actually, I saw her once here in Katoomba. She was talking about her autobiography at the Carrington. And it was different to the normal sort of Carrington literary do where you... Generally, get refined middle class people. This was a sort of, I, I couldn't quite work it out, so much more working class, um, probably a few small business people. Uh, and Jackie could be, and uh, one thing you could say about her, she, she's not afraid to say where she comes from, and she's not afraid to say anything really. So yeah, no,
0: exactly. She no. cuts
1: through. And one of right. the things, right at the end of it, two blokes got up to thank her. One was a youngish guy, and one was an older guy. So the older one was a Vietnam vet, and the other one uh, had been in Afghanistan. And this is where she would actually been effective in representing what had happened to soldiers, um, yes. injured people. You yes. know, so. But what, my, my overall point, though, is this, this very rich man it doesn't seem to last. Any time he tries to do something, eventually it falls apart. But on the way, it can cause a lot of damage.
0: Yes, and I mean, like Trump too... A lot of Trump supporters were not necessarily in favour of Trump; they were just disaffected with the major political parties, mm-hmm. which I think is also happening in Australia. So, you know, it, it's not—it doesn't surprise me that someone like Jack- Jackie Lambie, who I think is quite, you know, progressive, and in yeah, a lot um, of ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah um, so she's um, she's come out of the, you know, the Clark Palmer. Party. I mean, it doesn't, in the same way that I think that there has been a lot of um, activism that we don't really hear a lot about, that has come out of Trump supporters because they're against um, the Democrats and the Republicans. So, like, I think, we, you know, you have to read these sort of movements. You, it's really, really dangerous to say everyone who supports slogans like Freedom Australia or whatever. Uh, is an anti vaxxer. I think that those sort of general statements are really dangerous because there are a lot of people who are simply disaffected with the major political parties with reason, with absence. And oh, so they're ab- looking for no, some way no to. No doubt go. about
1: that, but no. But I'm, I'm saying, you know, how often we've seen this you know, word freedom bandied around. Of course, it's a very seductive word, but you can't say, I'm launching this party. And have hardly any policies, and just say we represent freedom. Well, it's a the, nonsense. The,
0: the policies outlined, you know, in the in the Saturday paper, are things like give Australians no more lockdowns, no yeah. more this, no yeah, more well, that. You know, you know well, no more. No, <laughs> so I mean, that's populist stuff, though, isn't it's it? Very, yeah. It's, it's oh, that's right. That's right. However, it's also something that you know uh, carries a bit of weight with some people. So, if they do have seventy thousand members. It could be a sign of some other thing happening.
1: Well, the the key word in what you just said, that sentence, is the word if. If. Because we also know that he's not the only one to do this, but he lies. And one of the biggest lies was in the last federal election. And they sort of picked up that Bill Shorten wasn't that popular. So they decided in the last week just to focus on Bill. And then they started telling lies like there's going to be a death tax. Yes, exactly. It was was absolute...
0: I was was driving in Canberra and there were signs all along the highway, you know, you'll be taxed to death. Yeah. Yeah, Labor will tax you to death.
1: And, you know, so that's what we have to watch out for again, the lies. The lies. Of course, you know, know, freedom, we all want to be out of lockdown. It's it's obvious, but... Going back to the lying and going back to the second article, he uh, quotes a Professor Tam of Melbourne Law School, one of Australia's leading experts in the law of politics, says there is effectively no prohibition on political parties lying. Yeah,
0: isn't that amazing? Um,
1: And the other thing actually on that, I don't know if you caught this, but the ABC this week showed a programme called Big Deal and it was about... Political donations, and I really recommend that you can get it on iView. It's it's in two parts. Uh, it's titled "Big Deal Is Our Democracy for Sale?" Question mark. We can answer that. Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, it's Craig uh, Rucastle is the EP, but the um, it's a comedian called Christian Van Vuren who actually presents it. And it comes across the start with a sort of slightly, I think, deliberately innocently naive but what it exposes I- I- is that big political donations to gain greater access to our elected representatives and wield undue influence over policy decisions is just ripe and uh, they they're actually saying that this this program big deal really everybody should watch it and It should be shown in schools. Because I don't think a lot of people realise that a few big companies can have so much access. And One of the things the programme says, episode one, is lobbyists in Canberra, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of lobbyists who get access, and you never hear about who they are, what they're doing, who they see. They can be wandering around. They can get access to Parliament House in a way we can't.
0: And Nick, you were going to um, kind of... Add a few things uh, to uh, our discussion on Clive Palmer.
1: Clive Palmer, yeah, it's a, um, a fascinating but, but dangerous character. He likes to, actually, I've just, uh, my learned friend Mike Holland's just come into the studio. Yes. Um, and talking about the law, as Mike would know, uh, amongst many other things, he actually put in his who, who, Who's Who, Clive Palmer did, that. Um, Suing people was one of his hobbies. Being litigious was one of his hobbies, and that yeah. sort of, so yeah. watch that. But I th- to just bring it back and wrap all this up, what's he up, to, what's he up to in this federal election and his party? So front page lead story of the Fin Review this week. On Wednesday, Chief Political Editor Philip Khoury says, quotes, billionaire Clive Palmer, whose United Australia Party plans to contest every seat at the next election, with a special focus on national seats in Queensland. Now, there's a a view that Queensland's often the key to the election, remember, because of this whole business around coal. And uh, he said, he told the Fin Review that he'd be advertising against net zero. So there is a policy there. And then it says, Mr. Palmer, this sounds contradictory, Mr. Palmer, who was and MPs, stopped the Abbott government abolishing green energy bodies, and brought, for, brought former US Vice President Al Gore to Parliament. But he said he supported climate change action, but not making commitments that bound governments for 30 years. Mr. Palmer spent more than $60 million dollars at the last election. Nothing against this. They're allowed to do it. It's not corrupt. A rich man can do what he likes. He's already spending big in Queensland and beyond. So th- that includes here. You know, It includes in the Blue Mountains, which, as we know, Macquarie is the most marginal seat in the country. So Palmer, really, you know, know even if he only mm. got a handful of votes, the preferences are important. And um, he's spending big and beyond on anti-lockdown campaigns and said he'd be ramping up... As the election read. Well, ramping up. I mean, he's been at it for months already. Yes, (laughs) and
0: and, and since lockdown has essentially ended in most places, what's he going to do with that? I mean, you know, like come March, if the election is in March, it'll be so out of date, he's going to have to come up with new policies. He can't just be anti-lockdown when there's no more lockdown. Freedom. (laughs) Freedom from what, though? I mean, you know, freedom from... I doubt it. Freedom from. There's a place in
1: Queensland called the Galilee Basin, isn't there? And quite often with Palmer in the end, you say, what does he really want? And if it came down to, you know, it could be if it was a really close election, you know, even if he got one person up somewhere, we've seen this before, you know, someone with the balance of power. And then it's a bit like what's happening now with the Nationals bargaining with Morrison, Mm. you know, we don't know what, we can imagine what they're trying to squeeze out of the government, sweetheart deals. Yes. It's not corrupt. Oh, no. No, no.
0: But still, even so...